I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Deep. Nothing personal. Word of the day is deep. As in deep nasal swab. Deep is going to be a theme throughout today's Nothing Personal. I'm in the mood to go deep on a few subjects. Why am I mentioning the deep nasal swab? That's one of the tests for COVID-19. There's a saliva test, and then there's the nasal swab test where they stick the Q-tip up your nose. They tickle your cerebellum. They squish it around and pull it out, sort of like you're being waxed. Why am I even talking about this? Oh, yeah. Deep nasal swabs will be a punishment inflicted upon NBA players for leaving the NBA bubble, as outlined in a 113-page memorandum given to the players with all the rules, regulations of life in the bubble. There is no rumor to the truth. Wow, that's totally backwards, isn't it? Welcome, today must be Friday. There is no truth to the rumor that John Travolta will be a part of the NBA bubble. There was a thought because he lives in Orlando that he would be amongst the men in the bubble, but that is not the case. It was nowhere in the memo. But in the memo, they did talk about all of the great entertainment options that the NBA players will get in Orlando. So here's how it'll work. The players will show up in Orlando. The good news is they don't have to run into any TSA agents at the airport in Orlando. We heard today from the governor of Florida that 260 TSA agents out of 500 tested were positive for covid Twitter went crazy. How could that be? That's over 50% positivity rate. And then it was corrected. There was a mistake by the governor. He read the wrong number in the prompter, in theory, misinterpreted the statistical analyses. It was two people out of 500 who had tested positive, not 260. 260 was the number of total positive tests since March, I guess, in the airport. So that's a positive development. So the players come into Orlando. They check into their hotels. One of the great email questions I ever got from fans over the years. Hey, what's your team hotel when you are in Chicago? Hey, where do you guys stay when you're in Milwaukee? Well, there's really only one. It's the Fister. Hey, what about in New York? because they want to come to the hotel and they want to get autographs. NBA released, or it was leaked strategically and purposefully, the list of teams and what hotel they'll be staying in, in Orlando. Disney, there's three hotels for all the teams. Is it like when you're in the playground and there's a playground pick for who's on what team? I first pick, I pick you, John, 
Jacob, Jingleheimer, Schmidt, Dave. No, not you. The other Dave. Yeah, no. Yes, John. Back, forth, back, forth. All right. You got Samson. So all the NBA players will check into the hotel. They will get a list of activities that they will be able to do other than playing basketball. They may play ping pong, but not doubles, only singles. They may play cards, but they must have a new deck every day. So when you play cards, you take the cards, you throw them away when you're done. They may play billiards. There may be some water sports. You may golf, but no caddy. You may bring security, but then not a masseuse. You have the right to watch Disney movies before they're released to the rest of the general public. (laughs) Well, in that case, how could you not want to be in the bubble at Disney? Nowhere in the memo did it talk about Mickey ears. I would expect them all to get a gift bag upon checking in with the Mickey ears with their name and script on the back. I would expect some sort of pin, maybe even a scrapbook. How about breakfast with characters? Pluto, dopey, goofy, sleepy, snoozy, drowsy. But don't you leave the bubble because if you do, we'll catch you and here's how. There's going to be a whistleblower telephone line, an anonymous phone line. Here's how it'll work. Hello? Yes, this is the anonymous phone line. Hi, this is John um, Rosen, Rosen, and I want to report that I saw LeBron James walking out of the hotel with the original deck of cards, and, and he had touched his nose, the inside of his nose. Um, where was that, Mr. Rosen, Rosen? No, no, that's Dr. Rosen. Rosen, I saw it just yesterday in the Grand Floridian. Thank you. That's what it's going to be like. People are going to be calling and saying, I saw this player and that player do this and that. And if you get caught, you have to get tested and it won't be saliva. It'll be the deep nasal swab. And then if you're positive, you can't play. And if you miss time because you left the bubble, you're going to lose pay. But if they're extenuating circumstances that force you to leave the bubble, let's say that your wife's having a baby. Let's say that you need to buy items that are not available at the gift shop in the hotel. You can get permission, leave the bubble, come back. There will be testing. Sounds pretty crazy to me, doesn't it? Some people may not want to go in the bubble. NBA said as part of their 113-page memorandum of potential understanding. No problem. If you do not want to go to Orlando, we will not force you. Adam Silver said that when he's been public. He's been very straightforward from the beginning. We are not going to force players to do things that they don't want to do. What he's really saying is, you all better show up because we're playing. There's been some miscommunication with Disney World. There's a lot left to do, a lot left to negotiate. 
Walt Disney World spokesman said yesterday, there may be a situation where some of the teams, depending on how far into the playoffs they go, will have to switch hotels because we're going to start giving rooms to people who can actually pay for them, meaning the parks will be open, I guess. The NBA should not accept that. Our traveling secretary would not permit that. When you check into a hotel, you're in that hotel for the duration of your trip, whether it's three days, 10 days, 30 days, 60 days. It becomes your bubble. It becomes your area. You become comfortable with it. That is something that will have to be handled. The other thing that will have to be handled is NBA will have to get an understanding from its players that they actually will agree to all of these rules. Now, if you're a player, what would be the downside to going to the bubble if you're an NBA player and you want to have a season? Other than the Kyrie Irving situation, he got into it, by the way. Matt Barnes had a few things to say about Kyrie Irving yesterday. There is some sort of discord about why Kyrie is doing what he's doing, how it's not actually drawing positive attention to either Black Lives Matter or to the NBA, that it's just a whole bunch of hot air coming from a player who apparently has plenty of it. But the players have a serious decision to make. And the decision is, how do they abide by these rules? And how will they appeal when they get in trouble for not abiding by the rules? One of the great things of the collective bargaining agreements between owners and players is the appellate process that players have and the limit of punishment that players have. So it was always a major point of consternation for me. For example, in baseball, you're supposed to wear your uniform a certain way. You have to have it buttoned. You can have only two open buttons. You have to have league-issued apparel underneath. You have to have certain cleats. You have to have your hat worn a certain way. You can't have pine tar covering the logo of your team on your helmet, etc. So... We would always say to players, listen, Hanley Ramirez was a good example. Martin Prado would cover his, the F or the M of Marlins because he had used so much pine tar. Ever seen Martin Prado's The Back of His Uniform? Go check it on YouTube. It's pretty cool. He had so much pine tar in his bat, and part of him warming up is he put the bat over his shoulders, so it would be so bad for the club he's doing laundry. Every day, I'd see them in the clubhouse scrubbing out his uniform because there was this line of pine tar on the back of his jersey. But in any case... We could not find the players for violating a uniform rule. Let's say it's $500. We had players over the years who would pay in advance and say, just take my meal money for this trip. There, I can do my uniform, whatever I want. Hey, take five grand. Don't talk to me again about my uniform. Don't bother me with any of the other possible fines that could take place because I don't care. It's not as though they don't care about money. It's just as a percentage of their salary versus the pain in the neck it is to follow the rule or their desire to simply not follow the rule. The NBA is going with deep nasal swabs as a punishment for leaving the NBA bubble. Is that enough? Will players say, you know what? I can go to Tootsie's not that far away. Actually, that's probably in South Florida. I'm trying to think of one in Tampa, you know, the kind of club, Burns Steakhouse, that's a night in Tampa. You go to Burns, you have the greatest steak, great wine. I can't think of the place. And I'm not going to tell you I've never been there because I have, but I simply can't remember the name, but it's quite well known. Or there's a casino nearby. 
And uh, Coco, I'm not asking you to Google that, okay? I'm just saying I can't tell you that I can remember the name, but whoever is listening to this, if you don't know the name, you do. And if you're saying you don't, it's only because you're listening with someone who doesn't want you to know. Deep is the nothing personal word of the day. Well, I got an MLB update for you. Today is Wednesday, and it is Scott Boris Day. I got it. This came up today, and it's so good that I wanted to lead off the show with it, but the word of the day was too good, but deep. Keep in mind, the theme of the show today is deep. Scott Boris, quote, let me give you the background first. There's a lot of talk about the TV deal, the national TV deal with Turner Broadcasting System, Turner TBS. They signed a deal to show a division, a championship series, an LCS series, an extension on their current deal. When you're watching the playoffs, you know the MLB playoffs when they're on so many channels and you can't figure out, do I go to MLB Network? Do I go to TBS? Do I go to ESPN? Do I go to Fox? Do I go to FS1? Where are the damn games? That's because MLB has a package of games that they sell in the postseason. They collect that money, and then they pay a percentage of it to the players, the other expenses they have, and they keep the rest. That's called a business. So they had a package to sell for playoff games. This isn't even the expanded playoff round. This is the normal 10 teams in the playoffs out of 30 playoff round. TBS signed an extension with them, which starts in 2022. The extension increases the annual payment, let's say, from 250 to 500 million, whatever the case is. Scott Boris said, and I quote, the TBS contract was the rectal thermometer. It illustrated the truth to all the fans And that is the content of this game has such value, even in the heart of a pandemic, that you get a record contract for your rights. When I say rectal thermometer, I say it as the truest form of the temperature of the game. (laughs) Listen, here's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing Scott Boris, fully clothed, in bed with his Boris logoed shirt on. And I'm picturing him watching one of my favorite movies called Tommy Boy with Chris Farley and David Spade. There's a quote in that movie where Chris Farley is trying to explain to someone why he should be buying brake pads. And he says, you can take a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up a bull's ass. But wouldn't you rather take the butcher's word for it? I I think Scott heard that quote and said, wait a minute, bull's ass, butcher, (gasps) TBS, money, rectal thermometers. He put it all together. Scott. Let me explain to you about what the TBS contract is and why I understand your affinity to rectal thermometers as a true barometer. I can only assume that I shan't be applying to work in your office for offices are taking temperatures of employees upon entrance into the office. 
I assume that you are asking people to bend over, not just owners and GMs when they come into your office. Because if you want a true temperature, it is true. You use the rectal. But you know what? The hand on the kepi or the little thing in the ear or maybe even the mercury under the tongue, that's going to be good enough for me. For you to say that the TBS extension in 2022 is the truest form of the temperature of the game means that you live in a bubble the likes of which any of these sports would dream about creating. You put the cue in quarantine, and this is not being personal. This is you with all of your crazy um, metaphors and examples and similes and homilies and facsimiles trying to get people to think something that isn't true. But you continued. You somehow have a voice. We know that you helped Bruce Meyer in his position with the union. We know that you are very much involved in these negotiations. You always have been. And we know that other agents have had enough of your involvement. We know all that. Now we get you talking about Rob Manford. This is when you've finally gone too far. He said about Rob today, he's been the pancake commissioner where I'll flip anywhere I want to. When you negotiate publicly, once you say it, if you go down a different road, you lose credibility. When he said on draft day, 100% we're going to have baseball, the commissioner said there's a chicken in every pot. What? There's a chicken in every pot and he's the pancake commissioner. Rob Manford's in charge of 30 individuals, all who have disparate interests, whether the season should start, shouldn't, what their individual financial situations are, both inside and outside of the game of baseball. The competitive balance that we talk about in Major League Baseball is not necessarily related to anything financial. It's related to the ability to be competitive and to make it into the playoffs. When you deal with 30 people who are not rowing the same direction, you have a job that is way harder than you will ever dream about. Why do you think we never have come to you to consider you to be commissioner? Why do you think we have never come to you to consider being an owner? to be a president, to be a GM? Because the answer is that your ability to run a business doesn't fully exist. Your ability to gather men and women and make them understand a situation and act in concert does not exist. And no, I'm not saying the owners collude. What I'm saying is that Rob has to get all of the owners understanding that what is good for one has to be good for all in only certain circumstances. You know about this, Scott. You know very well that you do things for your players that you don't do for other players. You know very well that your pitch when you're trying to poach players away from very good agents is that those agents don't know how to maneuver the system to get your player the most money. You go to the player and say, I will do more for you than someone else will. Rob can't do that. 
Rob can't go to one owner and say, I'm going to do more for you than someone else because all you need are eight owners and rumors are happening right now that there could be eight owners who will absolutely say we will not play. If that's the case, then Rob has to spend much more time negotiating with owners than he has to spend negotiating with players and the union. Do you think that it is worth it to have all of these public pronouncements going back and forth. If you're watching on YouTube on our, U-chan- on our new channel, thank you. If you're downloaded and subscribed on Apple or anywhere else you get a podcast, thank you. By the way, there will be a mailbag episode. Please rate and review on Apple, five stars. When we get to 1,000 reviews, the 1,000th review is going to get something fun. I don't know where we're at. I think we're at 800 maybe. So when a review comes in, ask a question, and I'll answer it in the mailbag episode episode toward the end of June. It'll be a fun episode. I had a lot of sort of fun episodes planned for the end of June, which is soon because we're now on the 17th. So thank you. And if you're watching, then you're seeing sort of my incredulous face. If you're listening, maybe you can hear the intonation as I'm trying to make it clear, not just to Scott, because this is not about Boris, to make it clear, not just to Rob, this is not about Rob, to make it clear to owners and to players that it is their responsibility not just to advocate for themselves, but to advocate for the greater good of the sport. The concept of greater good is something we talk about very often on this show, and it matters to me. When something is for the greater good, that means that if 10 people are impacted positively, it is possible that one person will be impacted negatively. And that still means it's for the best. That is where we are now. It is not going to be good for every owner. It's not going to be good for every player. There will be rules that will happen with free agency. There will be situations that will happen with soon-to-be free agents, those who didn't sign long-term deals, who could have, those who could have made arbitration, who aren't going to get to arbitration, those who thought they'd make a certain amount of money who will make less, those owners who felt as though the bubble would continue to grow and their team would be worth more and more and it's not. Those owners who have are struggling because their other businesses are hurting because of the pandemic, there are layers and layers of pain that have to be spread around. It's going to happen. Rob will get together, obviously, to touch on Boris one final time. These quotes about rectal thermometers and about TBS and about Rob Manford, they carry zero weight, zero Literally, I can't even tell you. I love doing it on nothing personal because it's so much fun. I actually, it was a sport for me when I was president of the Marlins. I would love to, to talk to him. Do you know, I have a funny story, just a quick story. When, when we would want a player of Scott's or we were thinking of drafting a kid who Scott represented or signed a free agent, or we had an arbitration case with one of Scott's players, we would call Scott, it'd be me and Mike Hill or me and Larry Beinfest, and we would put him on speaker and Scott would talk for 10 minutes straight and we would put him on mute and we'd be doing other work. We'd be dealing with other cases. We'd have a bunch of the assistant GM, a bunch of other people come in. We'd be looking at other trades, other signings, all while Scott was talking. We never even had to do the following. I know you do this when you talk to people who talk a lot. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't even do that. We wouldn't even, we would do this. <laughs> That's what we do. Totally silent. And he wouldn't even breathe. Anyway, so no one, no one is taking any care of what he's saying, but Rob Manford and Tony Clark will have to get together. 
I'm looking for them to have some sort of in-person meeting today or tomorrow, Wednesday or Thursday of this week, because they've got to get this back on track. There has to be a settlement. There cannot be an imposing of a schedule. There can't be no season. There must be baseball. Now, I'm plenty worried, plenty worried about the health situation. And you've heard me say it. Yesterday, Dr. Fauci said something that uh, needs to be mentioned. Dr. Fauci suggested publicly baseball should end as early as possible because of the second wave of COVID-19. He believes that second wave is likely to come with colder weather. So his view would be to get the season done if you can by September. And if you have to play a few games in October, he didn't realize that the current contemplated season would have games through October. His view was try to get done as quickly as possible because it's cold out. The virus may come back when it's cold, although it's still here. When it's cold out, more people are inside, which is how viruses spread more than when they're outside in a group. Being inside in a group is a far worse situation. And then you go to games or players are inside more with their families or whoever they're with, and then they could bring COVID into the clubhouse, etc. Dr. Fauci didn't say one word about the NFL. How is the NFL supposed to be playing in October, November, December? It's a big question that I asked myself. Did baseball owners ask Dr. Fauci to say something publicly to give weight to their argument that they cannot play games into November? It's not out of the question. A solution here would be for Dr. Fauci not to be used as a pawn in negotiations to the extent that's what it was. It would be for Rob Manford to carefully and clearly explain to Tony Clark the truth. And here's the truth. It's all about the networks. And I'm not talking about the TBS network by itself. Can you believe that TBS contract was a rectal thermometer? <laughs> you good. It's, I, it's anyway. <sighs> okay. Back to the rectal thermometer. Have you ever stuck a rectal? Oh, no. All right. Forget it. We can do that another time. Anyone who has kids knows exactly what I was about to say. Back when I had kids, that's what you used. Yes, you get crapped on. Rob Manford needs to tell Tony Clark that we can't play November because we're not going to get the postseason money. And without the postseason money, it is a non-starter. It's simple. It's not even a question. It is provable because Fox executives, ESPN executives, Turner executives can be involved in the process. There can be a letter, there can be a Zoom call, there can be a declaration that, yes, it is true, we will not show World Series games on Fox in November. We won't do it. That would be the end of the discussion. Is there a concern that COVID could shut down baseball? It's a concern for everyone. The NBA actually stated unequivocally that should there be an occasional positive test, which we expect there to be, it will not get in the way of completing the season. Nothing personal is on record. 
that no sport will start if they don't have a way to get through one, two, three, four, five, six guys testing positive. But what's the number? What if the entire Laker team tests positive? Do they just lose by forfeit final score? Do you know what the final score of a forfeited game in, uh, forfeited game in the NBA is? Coca, you may want to check this. I have no idea why I know this, and the odds are I'm completely wrong. I think the final score of a forfeited game is 2-0 to zero in basketball. Would it be 2-0? to zero? By the way, we're at the stage of the show where Coca, I think it was the seventh rectal that he just left the show. That's it. Coca, who proved yesterday on Twitter that he's a real person, much to the chagrin of people who thought that Wilson and Coca were cousins, he does leave the show from time to time during the show. He gets tired. I get it. So Dr. Fauci being used as a pawn in negotiations is something that I hope is not happening. It doesn't need to happen. But for him to say that it affects baseball and not football and to give the reason it doesn't impact football is that the football players that will be wearing masks as part of their helmets under the helmet or there'll be a shield. Maybe hockey players have the same shield. I, I'm not sure I understand. What about when the football players are not wearing their helmets? Are they going to be wearing their helmets all the time when they report to the locker room, when they report to their stadium, do they immediately put on their helmet? How do you put your shoulder pads on if your helmet's already on? I just think it's disingenuous to talk just about baseball. Unless the owners said to Dr. Fauci, hey, listen, could you just buttress our argument a little bit and say that we can't play in November? But why would they do that when they have an absolute legitimate reason not to play in November? And the only legitimate reason is your TV networks. Because the bottom line is MLB has extensions now with Turner, with ESPN, that go out well past this pandemic into the late 2020s. And if ratings are bad in November for the World Series because they've got NFL, because they're competing with college football, or in October they're competing with the NBA Finals and the NBA Playoffs, everything's different this year. All the sports are together on the calendar. They're still getting their revenue. So what would be the other reason that the the Major League Baseball would not want to do it? It can't be because of COVID, because then you go to your network partners and you say, listen, what will it take for us to have a postseason? Keep in mind, we may have to interrupt the postseason if 12 guys on a team test positive. We're not going to have the team forefoot. And I think, I keep saying forfeit, forfeit. I believe, Coco, while you're not checking the NBA score, I believe the forfeit score in MLB is one nothing. What they would do is they would, oh, MLB forfeit is nine nothing. Really, Coca? I don't know if he's true, but he's saying that. So he's telling me he can't find anything on the NBA. Yes, you can. The NBA has four teams forfeit from time to time. He's saying high school basketball is 2-0, so maybe the NBA is 2. Maybe I just read high school is 2-0. I'm going to go 2-0. I didn't realize MLB was 9-0, ironically. So anyway, when you go to your broadcast partner, like in the 1989 World Series, who remembers the 89 World Series? 31 years ago, earthquake. That World Series was interrupted, I don't know, was it five days? Six days? The whole schedule shifted. There was no refund given. All you have to do is actually say to the networks, there is a chance that we will not be able to play straight through. You don't need Dr. Fauci. 
One of the things that baseball is very worried about is something that I'm going to cover right after the break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. One of the things that baseball is incredibly worried about is how could it recover from a work stoppage, whether the work stoppage is now or whether the work stoppage is after the 2021 season when the current collective bargaining agreement runs out. I watched a movie yesterday called Long Gone Summer about the summer of 98 with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, the home run chase, the chase to set the single season record for home runs. Spoiler alert. They both broke Roger Maris's record in 98. Triple spoiler alert. Barry Bonds broke their record three years later. McGuire ended up with 70. Sosa with 66. Bonds broke it with 72 in 2001. What did they all have in common They all took steroids, every last one of them. It was a pretty uncomfortable documentary. I thought the quality was horrific. I enjoyed going into the hot tub time machine. It made me smile looking at Dustin Hermanson giving up home runs to Mark McGuire. My friend Carl Pavano, Miguel Batista, some expos, seeing some old pictures, getting Steve Traxel, who gave up number 60. Two, talk about it. What I found interesting is the amount of time on steroids in a two-hour documentary. Well, minus commercials, call it, call it 100 minutes, 102 minutes. I didn't count the commercials. I watched it on Fast Forward. Uh, I didn't watch it on Times 2. That would be an amazing thing. You know how on the podcast, you might be listening to it like this at one and a half, and right now, if I talk like one and a half, and you're listening to one and a half, does that mean you're listening to it at three? Sometimes you're going to go two, which is so fast I can't even understand what people are saying when they're two. But what if I'm a two now and really four? What if you could do that on your TV? God, that would save time for the binger and all of us. So they didn't spend a lot of time on steroids. And you forget what was going on in 1998. You forget the fact that that year is when Andro was found in McGuire's locker when he acknowledged taking Andro but did not acknowledge taking steroids. Sammy Sosa said, no, I didn't do steroids. They talked a little bit about Bud Selig and his view. They didn't really get into what was so necessary 
1998 from baseball standpoint. Why would Bud Selig and the owners turn a blind eye to steroid use? Because they loved the home run. The home run was bringing people back. And if you were around in the summer of 98, you were encapsulated by this chase. By literally Mark McGuire and his Popeye arms hitting home runs all day, every day. The media attention I had forgotten about. The press conferences they had to do when they played each other every day. When they were apart, when they were together the national news that it got. They show Ted Koppel, Peter Jennings. It's funny, I just realized. Here's a little funny nugget. The 30 for 30 is on ESPN. ESPN is owned by Disney. It's also ABC, which is the same channel as Ted Koppel when he was on Nightline and Peter Jennings. They didn't show the NBC national news or the CBS national news. Of course not. They're an ABC company. Marketing. So I'd like you to watch Long Gone Summer because I want you to have a view of whether or not these steroid guys should be in the Hall of Fame. My thought is that Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, they were Hall of Fame players without steroids. Roger Clemens, Hall of Fame player without steroids. The reason why they are being kept out of the Hall of Fame, is they lied. They were asked point blank. And instead of admitting or acknowledging and repairing, they went with stories. And then later in life, some of them recanted. A-Rod famously admitted. Mark McGuire admitted. Barry Bonds never has admitted. Sammy Sosa, and if you watch the show, You should watch Sammy Sosa say, why would I tell you if I did steroids? I have a happy life. I'm a grandfather. Everything's great. And I wasn't doing anything everybody else wasn't doing. Remember we talked about herd mentality a few days ago or weeks ago on Nothing Personal? I can't remember why we were talking about it, but it was the herd mentality. Just because someone's doing it doesn't mean you should too. Long gone summer. It's a 30 for 30 It'll bring you back. ML Beard Challenge. It's day 94. We're getting toward a hundo. We're giving $1,000 away for 100 days to different organizations. We're growing our beard till there's MLB opening day. I got a call from someone yesterday. I went on a show. I went on uh, Fox Business News with uh, Neil Cavuto talking about baseball. And someone who'd been watching on the YouTube channel, on a laptop type screen or a phone on the big TV commented, Oh my God, your beard is insane. Yes, it is. And it's only been 94 days. The organization today, by the way, Coke is doing it with us. His beard is not so insane. Well, it's actually just as insane. It's just not as full. Digitalpromise.org is an organization that works at the intersection of education leaders, researchers, and technology developers to improve learning opportunities for all and close the digital learning gap. Because when all learners have equitable access to technology, when everyone participates, when everyone learns, we all benefit from a more engaged, informed, and just society. 
I don't know if you're aware, but digitalpromise.org, if you have $19, $190 for COVID-19 or a dollar a day for $365 or a penny a day, whatever you have, please consider a donation to your favorite organization. Double the tip to your Uber driver. People are in need. Do you know the disadvantage that some students have had during this pandemic when schools went to online and they don't have proper technology, they don't have the right Wi-Fi, they don't have the right tablets, they don't have access to things that are necessary for online learning. So instead of getting them, they will often just retreat into a cocoon of ignorance because they feel as though they have no opportunity, no chance, no choice. One decision then begets another decision and another and another, and it gets harder to get back to par. There are organizations out there that are trying to make sure there is equitable distribution of equipment, of available technology. It is so critical right now. Now, it's not as critical as water, but man, it's in the top five. Digitalpromise.org. All right, I got a, uh, a quick update. We, we talked about the Yankee letter. Remember that Yankee letter to Brian Cashman from Rob Manford? And there was a question as to whether or not it was ever going to go public because then the Yankees would be living in a glass house when they were so despondent about sign stealing. So the judge actually said that he will not unseal the letter yet He's going to wait till an appeal is actually heard. That is not unexpected. That is a responsible decision by a judge who doesn't want to be reversed on appeal, recognizing that if he unseals the letter and then there is a ruling that should not have been unsealed, you cannot put the toothpaste back in the tube. No surprise on that. The Yankee letter will remain unsealed for the moment. And by the way, these appeals don't just take a moment. I got a correction I want to do quickly. I had a brain melt yesterday. I was talking about a boat. My word of the day, nothing personal word of the day yesterday was jibe. And for whatever reason, I said the stern is the front of the boat. I have no idea why I would have done that. The bow is the front of the boat. The stern is the back of the boat. Port is the left side, P-O-R-T-L-E-F-T. That's how you know. Starboard is the right side. Bow, stern, port, starboard. I got it wrong. Forgive me. Thanks for correcting me. When you hear something wrong, get into Twitter at David P. Sampson. Get into my DMs and just tell me what's wrong. I'm happy to correct anything. It's not easy when you do. So Coke is in my ear a bit. He's checking things. I have notes, just topics I want to talk about. I actually wrote to make sure I got it right, the exact Tommy Boy quote that I wanted to get about the butcher's tush today. You're welcome, Mikey, in case you have to edit out the two asses I said before. (laughs) But if I'm wrong about something, get to me and I'll correct it. Where Where were you, by the way, 18 years ago? except it's not 18 years ago. Where were you 26 years ago? Why would I say 18? It's not relevant. 26 years ago, June 17th, 1994, I know where I was. I was preparing to go to game five of the NBA finals. My dream, my Knicks, 
I had waited my entire life. I started loving the Knicks when I was six in 1974 after they won the second of their only two titles. This was now 1994. 20 years later, they had made it to the finals. Jordan had retired in a cloud of suspicion. The Knicks had gotten past the Pacers in seven games in the conference finals. They were playing the Rockets. It was tied at two. Game five, going to Houston for six and seven, a must-win game for the Knicks on June 17th, 1994. Fortunate enough, one of the great privileges of my life, which has been very privileged, and I recognize that, is I got to go to these games And I would stretch. I had a T-shirt that said Knicks on it. I had a Knicks towel that I got when I went to the bench and I stole a towel. So I had a real Knicks towel. And I would stretch and get ready and get to the garden. There was a group of us who sat in the same area like family. Just an incredible scenario, game. During the course of the game, there had been some chatter that there was something going on with O.J. Simpson that he was try- they were trying to arrest him and that he had disappeared. He may have killed himself. He was being led on a chase. Some such distraction that was totally irrelevant to me because I was watching the game. During the course of the game, I wanted to go to the concession stand to get something. I went to the concession stand and there was a bit of a line. I'm watching the game because I was there longer than the two-minute timeout probably getting M&Ms at that time. And all of a sudden, the game switched and they were showing the Bronco chase. NBC went away from the NBA finals in the middle of the game to show OJ Simpson in the Bronco getting not chased because they were driving together with cops. He had a gun. He didn't have a gun. I lost my mind. I was furious. Where's the game? Get the game back on. I left the line. I ran back to my seat. I never forgot that moment. To the day I got into baseball, when I made sure for every one of my 18 years, there would never be a concession stand that would not be showing the game that was going on while you were waiting online. Even if the broadcast feed disappeared, the internal feed would always be on at the concession stand. If there's three TVs and it's the end of the world as we know it and you're feeling fine, one of them is going to have the game. The other two will have the asteroid or whatever is causing the end of the world. I promise that no one would ever be in the position that I was in that day on June 17th, 1994 to not be able to see game five of the NBA finals while getting M&M's and a ginger ale. Because for me, I already had an inkling that it was all going to be about business. It's nothing personal. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. 
For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.